This week's episode brought to you by ASMR. <laughs> oh, quick question for everybody who's listening. Should I start an ASMR channel where I just like click and uh, whisper into the microphone? <laughs> oh, man. You should have heard the sample recordings I did of some BS, like fake ASMR stuff. <laughs> Just as proof of concept, that shit is bonkers. <laughs> Long story short, I could probably lull some of you to sleep or make you horny. I don't know. Or both. <laughs> shit. Uh, maybe both. Oh, man. Anyway, welcome to episode 28, Show Them the Door, part two. Uh, real quick, before we get into the meat, the steak, the beef, um, the episode you thought that you were going to get today with the sex coach is delayed. I apologize. She's not going to make it this week. We are still planning to have her on. So all of your questions and topics that you sent me, they're still going to be addressed. So never fear, but just a little bit of a delay. And I don't know if you caught, uh, if you caught on with this podcast, there's a lot of delays because it's just a hobby. I'm not getting paid. So therefore, I don't care. <laughs> That's not true, but yeah, just being one man, I end up, you know, running into barriers that need to be overcome. No big deal. But in the spirit of guests, I do have some news, something to look forward to in the future. Jonesy, why are you looking at me? He's just sitting there staring menacingly. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah. In the future, something for you to look forward to. I've got two guests. Well, actually three guests lined up. Um, for the future sometime in the next month, I think August is going to be chock full of guest appearances because we haven't had one in a while and it's about time that we started getting more of those on. So we're going to have a couple friends of mine. One is a public school teacher, public high school teacher, and the other is a nurse. And I think both of them are going to have a lot to talk about. Just off the top of my head right now, I'm thinking like so much about uh, just public education in general, how we are raising our kids. And then as far as the healthcare system goes, like how it handled COVID and what we could be doing better, um, which I think the list is endless. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you have any questions or, or ideas, make sure you get to me before those two guests get on. Maybe two, three weeks we're looking at having one of them on. So just be cognizant of that. If you want to know anything specific, let me know. You can always email me at your exbf podcast at gmail.com so episode 28 
is show them the door part de as the french would say part dos as the spanish or mexicans would say this is a return to the idea of boundaries and it's something that i've wanted to get back to ever since i did episode four that was show them the door part one because that concept of boundaries has been much talked about number four episode number four was a fan favorite an early fan favorite which made me think that at some point we were going to need to talk about it again and i've referenced that multiple times in the past multiple episodes we've talked about various boundary related ideas but never dedicated a whole episode to them or um, talked about them at length. So, episode 28, here we are. Just as a quick recap, because some of you are new, you might be joining us for the first time, or jumped into this podcast halfway through, I don't know. The episode I'm referencing for some of this was the fourth episode of this podcast, and if you haven't heard it, here's a little bit about um, what we talked about, uh, boundaries, the idea of setting and maintaining and respecting healthy boundaries between yourself and with other people. Quickly, the recap. We know what boundaries are. Boundaries being an invitation for the relationship between you and somebody else to continue. It is you saying to that person, or, you know, if, if it's another person setting boundaries with you, them saying, I want this relationship to continue. I want to maintain this going forward with you. Here's how we do that. Here are the rules and regulations for me to be healthy and happy in this relationship. And if we can't respect those, if we can't operate by those, this relationship cannot continue, but I want it to. That's what boundaries are. We had a great quote from episode four. If y'all remember, anybody who's listened to the episode, it was Prentice Hemphill who said, boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me simultaneously. Something else we've talked about in relation to boundaries is how they relate to uh, the back and forth between you and another person in which you are, on one hand, trying to feel free to be yourself, to be true to yourself, to be authentic, and on the other hand, trying to belong and feel like you belong to that relationship. When you set boundaries with other people this is something we also discussed previously they tend to feel like rejection when a boundary is set on somebody it is typically interpreted as a rejection of themselves of their self <laughs> how do i say that uh 
in essence, they feel like it's a bad thing. They feel like you are pushing them away or telling them they're wrong, rejecting them in some way. In reality, as we discussed before, and as we hopefully know now, a boundary is not a rejection. Like we said, it's an invitation to continue that relationship. If we did not want that relationship to continue, we would just end it, right? We would just ideally say, this isn't working. Whatever type of relationship this is, friendly, familial, relation, um, not relational, romantic, um, whatever it was, doesn't matter. Ideally, we would say, this isn't working. I need to remove myself. If somebody is setting a boundary between you and them, or you are setting a boundary between you yourself and another person, all that is saying is, I want this to be something that we continue. I want to be in your life or vice versa. And this is the way. Uh, what else did we discuss? <laughs> I know I'm kind of running through these here. Oh, the transactional nature that a lot of people view relationships, uh, the lens that they, they view relationships through. A lot of people think um, because I am this to you, then I deserve or am entitled to whatever. And, you know, we've talked about that. I think we talked about that in the resource management episode, how, you know, a healthy relationship is not transactional. It is not, I get this because I gave that or, or whatever. It is, as we have discussed, both people accepting who the other person is and feeling like they can also be themselves in the relationship and you know the healthy back and forth between those two people. So that was a really quick recap. If you would like to delve into that a little bit more, I would encourage you to go listen to episode four, which was the original boundaries episode. And I wanna say episode 21 or 22, maybe 23, somewhere in there. Early 20s, we did a, a um, an episode about resource management, about being able to uh, effectively manage and uh, allocate your own personal resources, time, energy, attention, money, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I also discuss boundaries a little bit in that specifically that was the transactional nature of how a lot of people view relationships with other people. So if you want to know more, check out one of those episodes or ideally both, and then you'll get hooked and want to listen to the rest of my podcast. <laughs> um, something new. We're going to start treading new ground here in episode 28. Something that we haven't talked about much. I may have mentioned it before, but... We certainly have not delved into it very far. The idea of codependency, also known as, in this scenario, disordered boundaries. The lack of the ability to set and maintain and respect healthy boundaries between yourself and other people. In regards to this, I have a quote by somebody who uh, 
I've listened to a lot, um, respect a lot. She's one of the two therapists that run the Cheaper Than Therapy podcast that I've uh, discussed before. I think I might have mentioned that. I definitely did. I definitely mentioned that in the last episode. Danae Logan is one of the two therapists that uh, do Cheaper Than Therapy, the other being Vanessa Bennett. Danae Logan, who I follow on Instagram, I saw had this really good quote about codependency. She said, at its core, codependency operates under the false premise that there is no benefit that comes from allowing someone I love to experience adversity. Just as a lot of times when people experience a boundary being set on them or between them and someone else, when you go to set a boundary, when you go to enforce a boundary, it very often feels wrong or negative in some way to you because as Danae has said, we think there is nothing to be gained or it is wrong or it is not conducive to continuing the relationship to let that other person that we love experience some sort of discomfort or as as she says, adversity that they cannot have any negative thoughts about us in the context of the relationship. That if we cause them through our own action, if we cause them any discomfort or pain or, you know, whatever, any sort of negative response that it doesn't serve us. In reality, it is exactly the opposite, especially in this case. When we talked about boundaries before in episode four, we uh, discussed the book Boundary Boss by Terry Cole. And Terry Cole has made her career um, off of, you know, teaching and researching boundaries. Um, Again, I highly recommend that anybody who's interested in this idea, anybody who feels like their boundaries are out of whack, are disordered, go read that book. Um, And if you want, you can borrow my copy and read all my notes. (laughs) She coins a term in the book um, called high-functioning codependent in that a lot of people think and have said to her that they didn't feel like they were codependent, like they felt that was a a weak-willed, overly subservient person, somebody who was bound to the whims of another. And she thought that there was a better term to describe a lot of her clients that were experiencing, nonetheless, this habit of codependency. The high-functioning codependent. In her book, she says, to be a high-functioning codependent means to feel overly responsible for the feelings and actions of certain people in your life. It can manifest as over-functioning, over-giving, and automatically offering advice in relationships as an attempt to control outcomes. 
especially when they are not your outcomes. This hyper-focus on the lives of others dictates that your personal needs and desires get sidelined. And when you tie that with what Danae Logan is saying, where codependency is at its core the false premise that there is no benefit from allowing the other person in that relationship to dis- to experience any type of adversity or discomfort or pain or negative emotion in regards to you, when you tie those two together, you get disordered boundaries. In its essence, the tendency to be codependent, high-functioning or not, in a relationship comes from a very primal need. And this is coming straight out of Terry Cole's book. The primal need being to survive, to experience safety and care and love and security in a relationship that you find yourself. The trick is, as you know, there is a trick with a lot of what we have discussed. The trick being, you have to A, understand these evolutionary built-in tendencies and in a lot of time responses to physical danger. You have to understand them and be able to analyze and work towards something else. We don't want to operate on instinct in these scenarios because as we have seen time and time again, you know, any of you who haven't experienced this, please let me know. But as we have experienced, all of us, I'm sure, there are plenty of times when operating at an instinctual level, at a survival level, at a fight, flight, or freeze capacity does not work. That does not lead to better, healthier, happier relationships between you and yourself or you and other people or our collective as a society. I wanted to go back to something, well, actually two things that I've said on this podcast before that I felt like deserved more attention. And I don't remember, it was episodes and episodes ago, but I believe one or maybe both of these ideas I said needed some attention in the future. So previously on this podcast, I said these two things. One, oh, and by the way, I think I coined these terms, but if I didn't, you know, I'm not upset about it. <laughs> I thought of them on my own. That's all that matters. If somebody else said them first, you know, congratulations. <laughs> the two things being, you can't pour all of yourself into someone else with the expectation that it will fill the both of you. And the other being, you can be a safe space for someone without making it unsafe for you. Regardless of the context of either of these things, of either of these um, ideas, phrases, whatever, I think they speak to 
something similar. I think they both relate to the same idea, namely sacrificing yourself for someone else and thinking it's a good a good idea, <laughs> thinking it's a good thing. The first, uh, pouring yourself into someone else with the expectation that it fills the both of you, I think, as we all have done at some point, we have given and given and given. And somewhere along the line, you know, we thought, this will um, benefit me. And I don't mean in a selfish way. I just mean to say, this is a good thing, right? We thought this is the right thing to do. This is going to make me feel good. It's going to maybe make me feel better, right? Maybe you're trying to make yourself feel better. Something's already wrong. Um, We have all, I think, tried that at some point. We've tried to be the martyr. Lay yourself on the line and um, do everything you can for somebody that you love. And as we know, I'm guessing everybody here has experienced it at one point. What you find at the end of that is you're empty. No matter how much you poured into that person's cup, into that other person, it never filled yours. You weren't underneath their cup. You weren't catching you know, the, the spillage, the leftover, right? The excess. That's not how it works. You would hope that that was, but in this disordered relationship that you had with that person, you thought that giving everything you could to them at the expense of yourself was a good idea. Probably wasn't, that'd be my guess. Probably didn't work out. The other idea, being a safe space for somebody without making it unsafe for you, is very similar. I think those two are very close, maybe even different ways to say the same thing. Being a safe space for somebody doesn't mean letting them dump on you at a moment's notice or whenever they want or at your expense. It doesn't mean sacrificing your own well-being to to help them. It And I use help in quotes, right? Maybe you're not even helping them. It does not mean laying yourself in their path so they have somewhere clean to walk. You know? I'm just in my head. I'm picturing the whole jacket over the puddle. You do not have to be the jacket. And I think we all know that even when you lay yourself down in the puddle, in the mud puddle, right? The jacket doesn't do shit. They still get dirty. And you get soaked. And you get, like submerged in the shit and it ends up being worse for you you know so both of those ideas as you know compact and and quippy as they might be um, i think they're very relatable they are very real and i think like i said they speak to the same idea i think we've probably also all seen this strategy of martyrdom fail at some point, whether that was with our own relationships or with somebody else and their relationships. It doesn't work. You know, if we look back 
historically, the only time martyrdom did work was Jesus. <laughs> right? If we're going to take that literally, let's not. We're not going to do that. Because <laughs> you know what happened to Jesus? He died. Right? He literally died. <laughs> uh, and humans don't operate like that. We don't just come back from the dead. We don't come back from being a martyr a couple days later and be like, oh, hey, by the way, saved you from your sins. It's all good. Just, you know, give me a thanks and we'll be all right. That's not how we operate with other people. You know, what martyrdom does is breed dissatisfaction and resentment and bitterness. And it makes us regretful of having ever tried to do that. Have you ever heard of the idea of you either progress or you project? At some point, this pattern of, you know, trying to sacrifice yourself for other people, trying to be the martyr, trying to source your self-worth from, you know, other people and having these codependent disordered systems in place, at some point, that shit is going to catch up with you, whether you intend for it or not. It's going to catch up with you if you don't work through that shit, if you don't make progress, if you don't grow, if you don't respect yourself and set healthy boundaries and maintain them and respect them and encourage other people you care about in your life to do the same with their relationships including the one between the two of you, if you don't do that stuff, you are going to regret it. You are going to project all of your shit onto other parts of your life. Last of all, to make this episode very short and sweet and hopefully impactful, I'll leave you with this idea of what it means for you in the long run, to be this codependent, disordered, in the boundaries way person. Overgiving and codependent behavior eventually lead to a feeling of emptiness because at the end of the day, there's nothing left for you. Nobody can be that person forever. You cannot get blood from a stone at some point you are going to run dry you're going to break and you know we've seen that breaking that end of the line happen in all sorts of ways sometimes it happens you know it ends in a divorce sometimes it's a fight or it is a falling out with a family member sometimes it's an isolating of yourself from the rest of the world you know it can manifest itself in all sorts of ways it could start being a, a a mental illness it could be a depression or an anxiety thing you know there's all sorts of ways in which you're going to get that pressure out you're, you're going to have to release that pressure of not looking out for yourself in some way or another it doesn't end well <laughs> let's just all be on the same page here it doesn't end well you may think at the time oh i'm doing all this for this other person 
I'm doing this because I love them. And you probably do love them. I'm not doubting that. If you love them, you will set boundaries. You will maintain them rigorously. And you will encourage them to do the same. And when they do, you will respect their boundaries. If you do that much, you will go a long way towards maintaining that healthy relationship in the way that you want to. Being codependent with that person, overgiving, sacrificing yourself, being the martyr, that will not last. And if you're doing that right now, and a lot of you may be, I encourage you to stop. Sorry. (laughs) I got a lisp. (laughs) I encourage you to stop and think about it. And and think about a better way in which you might maintain that relationship. Because I guarantee you what you're doing right now is temporary. You're going to, excuse me, yeah, you're going to deal with this shit eventually. It could be in a week. It could be in years. But this sort of pressure will build and build and build. And at some point, you're going to burst Maybe that relationship discontinues itself (laughs) at that point, or maybe it's irreparably damaged, or maybe you, God, I don't know. There's all sorts of ways in which this pressure is going to release itself. And I know, and I know you know that that's not what we want. There are better ways to go forward and you can make them happen. Something I thought about recently, I had a conversation about, is the idea that when you have a relationship where you are the one who is better educated or better, better, <laughs> better educated or, or more equipped with the tools to improve the relationship, make it healthier, when you are the one who's more cognizant of the dysfunction, in the relationship, it is on you. And that's not to say that that other person doesn't have responsibility to maintain the healthy relationship because as we all know, they do. It's a two-way street. But when you know better, when you know better, it is on you to improve the relationship. We've talked about in the past, someone always tries harder in a relationship. And I think in in the specific one we were talking about was friendships. Somebody is always the friend that tries harder to maintain the friendship. I think this applies to all relationships and it's not a bad thing necessarily because the person who tries harder can flip-flop or it can be a balance between one and the other um, that is maintained regularly. But at some point in that relationship, you're gonna be the one that knows better you're going to be the one that has the education, has the tools, has the knowledge, has done the work, and it is on you to say to that other person, hey, I think we can do better. I think we can make this longer lasting, healthier, happier. Can you do that with me? If you say yes, here's how. On that note, I think we'll end it. So, quick reminder, 
the sex coach, intimacy coach. She's going to be here eventually. Sorry it wasn't this week. Hopefully she'll be here if we can get our schedules aligned very soon. Hopefully in the next couple weeks. Fingers crossed. Also something to look forward to in the future. Like I said, I've got a public school teacher and a nurse. Both people who I've maintained friendships with for years and years and years. And I think we're going to have an awesome interview with the both of them uh, on each of their respective episodes. Uh, I think that's it. So thank you for being patient with me as I navigate, you know, this one man operation, trying to get this podcast to be, you know, all that it can be. (laughs) And until next Sunday, like I said, fingers crossed, hopefully it's with somebody, not just me (laughs) until next Sunday, stay safe out there, take care of yourselves. And, um, you know, whatever. I need a sign off. (laughs) Uh, Okay, bye.